This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. It's episode number 474 for Wednesday. I almost said it. Almost said it. Wednesday, the 19th of October, 2016. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and tonight we are going to be looking at how robots are being used in a fun and exciting way to educate kids of all ages. Stick around for that. All right. You know what, Robbie? This, I will tell you, when we are doing a recap of our favorite episodes of yes. season 10, this, this is it. We're just starting. The list. This is it. I can already tell you. Here is what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. Firefox and Chrome are constantly writing to disk, which could be shortening your SSD's lifespan. A newly discovered System D vulnerability could cause instability in Linux systems. Saya, a high school student from Japan, is computer gen- generated, but you might not realize it till look at her. UK officials plan to ram drones into passenger planes on purpose. Verizon's $4.8 billion takeover deal for Yahoo may be doomed, and a drone-related injury could cost the Cleveland Indians the World Series. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and would you help me welcome my friend, Sasha Dermatis. Hi, everybody. On the co-host desk tonight and doing the newsroom all at the same time. That. Yeah, you're watching the chat room, watching like chat crazy, room. like I'm a hawk. In. I'm in the chat room. So hey, if you've got questions for us or for our guest tonight, make sure you get into our chat room. It's Category Five on Freenode. I'm so interested in robots and how they're being used in things like uh, like medical and education and all of the neat things that robots can be used for these days. Uh, robot, robot Lab is a leader in inspiring the imagination of kids of all ages. They're building 21st century skills like programming, uh, computational thinking, and they use robots to do it. Please help me welcome Elad uh, Inbar. Uh, he's the CEO of Robot Lab. Elad, nice to see you. Hey, thanks for having me. And I see you've brought some friends. I see now. Yeah. And I'm now. Sure if I brought them or they brought me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so great to have you on the show, and we're looking forward to uh, learning all about uh, what you're doing with robots in the education sector. Uh, first of all, you know, robots have come a, a long way in the nine years that you've been working with Robot Lab. Can you tell us a little bit about the progression right off the bat? You know, what have you seen that is the biggest kind of change as far as driving the robot industry? Um, I think the main uh, trend that we are seeing is that robots are becoming less geeky. Um, you know, if you're looking like 10 or 20 years back, uh, robots were basically kits that you need to solder and work on electronics and, uh, you know, wire things and connect it and build your own thing. Right. Uh, and in the recent years, we are seeing, um, you know, the move towards what we call today uh, smart toys. Uh, which are you know pre-assembled ro- products that are capable of doing many many things by themselves, like uh, the robots that we have uh, over here, and they can be extended, they can be programmed to do many other things. Uh, so I think this is the main uh, shift that we see. And on top of of course you know the the regular stuff like uh, you know better CPU, more yeah. uh, you know, memory, and so on. But uh, the fact that um, you know you don't need to solder them, you don't need to build them yourself. Uh, open the robotics world to you know way more 
people, way more uh, industry than what it was uh, just a few years ago. And now your focus at Robot Lab is primarily on the education sector. And in that, like, how, how do you bring robots into classrooms and what is the incentive to really uh, to do that? Yeah, the, the big yeah. why, like why That's robots, it. yeah. So, I mean, they're cool. Uh, the, the, it's funny because the big why here is actually coming from the students. Uh, imagine, you know, a, a, you know, a typical teenager, right, mm-hmm. uh, sitting in a math classroom. Yep. Uh, the, the teacher is talking about uh, quadratic equations. What <laughs> does he have above his head? Why? Why do I need to learn that? Mm-hmm. It's not interesting. I'll never use it in my life, right? This is, you know, the main thing that happened here. They just keep asking themselves, why, 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 why? Why do I need to do all of this? Uh, especially today that, you know, they have access to data on their smartphone. Uh, they can, you know, ask Google whatever they want and they'll get an answer. Why do I need to learn that? Why do I need to develop equations and all of that? So what we are showing them is um, we're, we're helping them understand why they need to learn that. And we do that with robots. Now, robots, I mean, as you can see here, I mean, they are very alive. They are very visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can help the, the students understand these kind of subjects. So in one of our programs, for example, uh, the, the students make the robot dance. Now, making a robot dance is something you know, noble and fun for itself. But if you really want to make the robot move, let's say there is uh, a very popular dance in schools now, raise the roof. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> so if you want uh, you know, to make the robot raise the roof, you'll have to uh, be able to control each one of the joints and set the angle okay, and control uh, you know, the motion of the robot. And what we do is we show the students that you actually do that using math. Okay, so you program that using math. You actually create the equations that make, you know, mirrored motion perfectly smooth. Um, So they apply the math into something that they care about, that they really, you know, want to make, you know, move and interact and and dance. That's, That's the... You know the biggest incentive here, right? So, Elad, when you talk about mathematics, for example, like how does um, how does a, a student learn to program one of these robots? Is it its own language, or are you talking just learning programming in general? So we have two um, you know two ways or two areas that we um, you know uh, apply these robots at. Uh, the first one is uh, using um, uh, obviously computer science. Uh, so we want the students to be able to program, to, to study programming. And mm-hmm. they do that uh, by working on these robots, either from a drag and drop interface, uh, very easy, you know, beginners can, uh, like in no time, can just like, you know, drag predefined activities. Right, okay. Boxes, connect them together and boom, the robot just can stand up and talk and interact with you. Um, but the robot also supports uh, Python and Java and C++, so we can take it, you know, further uh, <laughs> along and you can create, you know, whatever you want. We have students created, um, you know, Twitter accounts for uh, for these robots, and the robot actually tweeting and sending pictures and messages and everything. So I uh, take but, it then, just you know, these are not powered by Microsoft. No, not powered. Because <laughs> we've had bad experiences there. <laughs> yes, no, it's it's uh, it's actually um, uh, the version of Linux, it's a version of Debian that uh, runs on that. Oh neat. Um, so we are safe here. I mean, the robot <laughs> won't insult anyone. Very cool. Right. So, I mean, truly, the teachers are teaching like um, like multi-layered lessons. If they're teaching sort of computer programming and then also mathematics or physics exactly. or exactly, yeah. this is actually the second uh, type of uh, you know use case, which is um, we don't want you know the teachers to uh, you know teach programming in every class. 
when they are teaching math, it should be math, right? I mean, that's the main focus of the lesson. Sure. So what we are doing, uh, we are allowing the students to control these robots directly from a web browser. So they don't need any coding or programming or anything like that. They just make the robot, you know, uh, um, you know, execute the equations or run, you know, what we want them to uh, to study at that lesson. So has so, has now been basically, you know, just to understand the inner workings. Has it been built as an educational tool so that it's easier for teachers to use to teach these lessons, whether they be mathematics or science or programming? Uh, no, uh, the now was created as a you know novelty robot that can do many things as a platform, um, and there are many uses for that. I mean, uh, we've seen people using it, uh, you know, all the way from uh, you know retail environments uh, to really? uh, um, to helping um, uh, patients, uh, you know, after uh, after surgeries and so on, uh, recovering you know faster and so on. So it's it's a platform that can do many many things. It, it's totally open. Um, it's wow. not limited to anything. Uh, we found a niche in education uh, because of a few things. Uh, first of all, they're cute. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they yeah, are right? darn adorable. Except you give me the evil eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so they are cute. And, and, you know, this cuteness factor, um, you know, removes a lot of barriers. So it's not like a, an industrial robotic arm that can mm -hmm. lift, um, I don't know, a 3,000 pound car just like and you know and kill you uh, it's, it's something that you know won't harm you and, and because of that and because of the you know form factor uh, it's actually uh, I mean kids are really uh, you know want to work with that uh, the second thing is that um, robots are not judgmental and this is a very powerful um, you know thing in, in, in education sure. uh, a lot of times when you know think about students again when when they make a mistake um, you know, the teachers, the parents, whoever, just like tell them, you can do better, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, just like try again. Right. We are like very judgmental. Uh, and, you know, many times kids just like, you know, they, they, they cringe and say, I don't want even to try again because I'll fail. Right. Uh, and I don't want the same negative experience. But if the robot made a mistake, let's say I wanted the robot to raise the roof, like what we said, and we didn't get to raise the roof, we got like crazy dance. That, sure, yeah. You know, that's really good. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I won't blame the robot. The robot won't be angry at me. I, I'll try harder because I want the little guy to do, you know, what I want. So That's cool. because they're non-judgmental, they are, you know, a great tool that empowers the learning right. uh, for the students. It's it's well, really neat to me that you've learned that about the robots because, like, it takes having that experience and realizing that hey, they they they're not gonna. Right. Be hard on the kid. Exactly. It's regardless like the, of what I do, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like the endless patience that they have. They last as long as their battery, right? Or exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, they can be plugged in. I mean, right. they're just like a laptop with motors and sensors. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Now, I mean, as far as in the classroom, are they pretty like hardy? Because kids are kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, kids are kids. Granted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, you know, with that, I mean, one of the important things that uh, we offer to uh, schools is a. Uh, a worry-free uh, warranty. So no okay. matter what happens, um, you know we'll take care of you, and you know there won't be like crazy expenses to to fix them. Great. Right. Uh, I mean, we had kids like making the robot accidentally. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, you know, walking <laughs> off the edge of the table. Right. And, you know, we got broken robots and in a very bad shape, but that's okay. I mean, kids are kids. And right. And by the way, this is part of the learning. And we want them to be able to experience and to experiment with, with things and figure out, you know, what went wrong and, you know, how would I make it better next time? That's how we learn. Mm -hmm. Now, how easy is it to implement, like, the actual 
education for the teachers because you'll have to teach the teachers how to teach the kids, right? Or do they yeah. do they need some sort of special training as far as bringing yeah, that, in that, the robot? That's a great question. I mean, we don't expect um, you know. Uh, math teachers or, or literacy teachers, uh, you know, to become a PhD in robotics, just in order to work with these kind of tools. Uh, so what we are doing is we are making the, um, the the you know control and the accessibility of the access you know to the uh, to the robot very very simple. So as I mentioned earlier, um, you can either control the robots from a web browser. So uh, for example, you know, let's take another math example. If you want the robot to walk on a grid and want the robot to walk to let's say on the grid to like. A, Two by two, or whatever it is, um, uh, they need to figure out what's the angle that the robot needs to, to turn at, and how far the robot needs to uh, to walk. Uh, so they can just set these two parameters um, on the on the web browser, hit go, and the robot can go. So the teachers don't need to understand anything about mm. robotics or computer science and programming and everything right. in order to teach math. Um, so this is one way uh, to do that. The other way is using the uh, very easy drag and drop interface. You basically, you know. I want the robot to stand up. I'll drag a box, which is stand up box, um, and you know, hit play, and the robot will stand up. I don't need to program all of that to consider, uh, you know, the motion and the center of mass, center of gravity, where it is, um, and these kind of things that are all hidden from the teacher. Yeah, it sounds However, very, it sounds very multi-layered as far as the exactly. the level of the education that's required in order to achieve what you're looking to do. So, what would kind of the age span be of like we're really focusing on on now the robot that we see on the screen right. today? Uh, what would be the age? I mean, it must be. So as I get better at it. So we have uh, programs, we've developed programs from uh, kindergarten all the way to college level. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. It's, again, as, as a platform, it's not really you know, age restricted or, or something like that. Uh, what uh, you know, has to be age appropriate is the content and what we are teaching them. Mm -hmm. So for example, in the elementary school, uh, we are teaching them uh, storytelling, uh, which is one Neat. of the um, skills that uh, students are losing today with you know, um, very short uh, tweets or Snapchats that, uh, you know, no one cares anymore about, like, spelling correctly, right? Because great become G-R and the number eight. Right. Uh, and these kind of things. Um, so, you know, we, we teach them, uh, you know, how to uh, create a story and how to write a story and how to make this robot stand up and tell the story with sound effects and with motion and, and all of that. And this is a way more engaging, wow. uh, you know, uh, way to teach this kind of subjects to students, and it's much more rewarding than you know, uh, writing a 500 words uh, essay and you know, sent, submitted by Friday or else. Oh, this is lovely! A huge big thank you. This means that you'll be teaching generations like to use proper punctuation. And That's a good start. Right? So then the question comes up. I mean, Jeff Weston isn't here with us tonight, but I know that if he was, he'd be on the edge of his seat going, but, 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 are they going to take over no. jobs? No, they're are, to enhance are jobs. Are robots eventually no. going, you know, is the goal to, to replace teachers here yeah. or what, what's happening? So the goal is not to replace teachers, um, and you know these are not going to take any jobs. Uh, if at all, the goal is to augment the teacher uh, and mm -hmm. to provide more tools to engage 21st century learners, right? I mean, well, I, I just 
I feel like there's sometimes that in my life when I was learning, I would need extra time with a task to to actually grasp it. Time, well, mostly math tasks, but um, that a te- that a teacher just didn't have the time to give me. So then this could be used sort of in a special education or enhanced education situation as well, where I mean that robot could be dedicated to that kid in a time when the teacher needed to focus on the rest of the classroom as a whole, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have that as part of uh, our program. It's basically for, uh, uh, I mean, you can call it remedial, uh, mm-hmm. you know, intervention. Uh, so if someone needs an extra, you know, um, attention, they can actually get it with the robot. So here's the activity, makes the robot do X. It doesn't really matter what. Um, and by working on that, the students get first the hands-on experience. Right. And second, they get uh, the chance to learn at their own pace. Uh, with the tools that they care about, because equations on the board don't work. They never worked. Uh, <laughs> and especially for, for kids with <laughs> smartphones today in their hands, you know, it will never work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way, way to keep their attention with right. something that's modern and edgy and fun and cool. Be a fun detention tool. Like, you are not allowed to leave the classroom until you teach the robot how to properly say this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> So how and not say and not just say the sentence, spell it correctly. Because if you won't spell it correctly, the robot can't pronounce it correctly. Oh, I would be in right. so much trouble. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Hey, we're talking with Elad Inbar, and he is uh, the CEO at Robot Lab. You can find them at robotlab.com. Find out all about what they're doing in the education mm-hmm. sector. Uh, if you have questions, join us in the live chat room, Category 5 on Freenode, or if you're watching this after the fact, of course, you can comment below, and uh, we'll extend those questions as well. Can you make them say something, anything, even just introduce themselves? I heard a voice earlier when he was saying his IP address, right? Or she, um, it, Yeah, okay. I mean, unfortunately, uh, not right now because we have a dedicated router for this uh, oh, okay. call. Uh, so I, I, I couldn't connect them right now oh, for, okay. for our chat. But yes, they can definitely say, they can definitely talk, they can definitely uh, interact. Okay. Um, now my next question to that then is, could it happen in any language? Are they easy to program, say, as a French learning tool? in an English so, classroom? So they support uh, 27 languages. Um, there is actually a cappella, I don't know if you're familiar with this um, uh, voice engine, um, embedded in the operating system. So the robot can uh, both speak and understand 27 languages. Um, wow. So that's definitely possible. Again, can, we're, looking, we're looking at now a lot, but can you tell us a little bit about the specifications of the robot that we see here? I mean, it looks like they're attentive, they're looking around. Is that just head movement, or are they actually no. taking pictures? What's going on here? So uh, what's going on here is this. Uh, we have uh, four microphones around the head. Um, so the robot is trying to uh, localize the source of sound um, as I'm, I'm talking. So if, for example... You know, I'll, I'll do that. Um, there is some echo in this room, so it's a little bit confusing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's basically trying to, um, uh, you know, close on the on the coordinates of the speaker uh, and give this a human, you know, natural feel that I'm looking at you when I'm talking to you, right? We don't want robots that are like, yes, what do you want, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the ceiling. Um, so we have four microphones around the head. We have uh, two cameras. Uh, this is uh, the, the top camera over here. I can show it over there. Um, is basically looking forward, and the bottom one looks uh, down towards the legs, so we can detect obstacles and you know uh, places where the robot shouldn't go. Uh, we have inside the head, we have uh, a full computer 
uh, Intel Atom uh, 1.6 gigahertz, um, 8 gigabyte of um, of RAM. I mean, you know, computer for you know for everything that we want. Uh, we have um, a network port on the back, uh, just like on the Matrix. I mean, you can just plug them in. Yeah, I mean, here we go. You can actually see it here. Oh, I mean, right <laughs> oh nice. Oh, so that's why he's motionless. In his spine. <laughs> yeah, I, I suspended the motion because I don't want him to, like, you know, drag this cable. Right, over. right. Um, but they are fully uh, wireless as well. Um, you know, Wi-Fi um, is um, the way to go with this kind of robots. Um, the eyes are actually uh, infrared sensors, so the robot can uh, turn on uh, and off uh, like TVs, air conditioners, or uh, DVDs, or oh, you know, anything wow. has its uh, a remote control. Uh, we have uh, ultrasonic sensors, gyro accelerometer, uh, tactile sensors, so the robot can uh, sense when when we touch it. Uh, so it's pretty pretty advanced uh, robot. We have 25 yeah, uh, motors around the body. And are they full, they're fully articulating, I presume? They, they can move around and, and interact with their environment? They can move around, can move around autonomously. Uh, autonomously? And, yeah, if you load the program on the robot, you can just you know, close your computer, let it run. The right. program runs on the computer, which is yeah. a computer with motors and sensors. Right. That's great. I feel like children, like I have two ne- nephews that have autism, and I feel like robots like this would be mm. great to teach some social skills even as far as eye contact. And I mean, if these, if these robots are looking at me when I'm talking, but if I'm not looking at you when I'm talking, like if I'm not looking yeah. at the robot when I'm talking, maybe it doesn't get what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. in, my, in the program. And there's no, right? uh, there's no intimidation factor there when right. you're speaking to, to one of these so, little guys. So you're teaching effective communication. Yeah, and, and you actually touched a very important point here. Um, there is a program for, um, uh, you know, to help uh, autism treatment, mm-hmm. um, if you can call it treatment. Uh, the, uh, first of all, the autism spectrum is, is very wide, yeah. uh, but uh, especially in the um, emotions and in the uh, detection, detection of like human interaction, mm-hmm. uh, these robots are awesome. And the reason is, and this is out of a research from uh, Notre Dame University, uh, the reason is that um, uh, autistic kids are uh, very intimidated by, by all the different um, you know, levels of communication that we have as human beings. Uh, we have different tone of voice. Uh, we have you know, body motion. We, we use a lot of uh, nonverbal communication, which is like you know, a sensory overload for them. It's in, yeah. you know, they, they just prefer to shut down uh, because it's too much for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with robots... It's very precise. I mean, the motion will be exactly the same motion, the, the hundred times and the thousands time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the tone of voice will be exactly the same tone of voice, and it gives the kids the confidence uh, in what's going to happen. So they are opening uh, to listen, to actually be able to digest the, the information that's been passed to them. Um, and by working with this kind of, of um, you know, robots and this kind of program, uh, we've seen amazing, uh, amazing changes in, in kids and parents' lives. Um, there are kids that started to communicate after working with these robots. I mean, awesome. their parents couldn't even talk to them, and after you know some time working with that, they can actually communicate. They can actually talk, which is awesome. And I would imagine just the programmability and being able to do more than just play with it and actually mm-hmm. learn. You know, I. I th- think about learning how it works and programming it and and right. and telling it hey do this and having it do that right. would, would just be a, have, incredibly exciting 
Yeah, we have a professor at uh, Northridge, uh, California State University in uh, North Northridge, uh, that actually made the robot uh, as a training tool for um, you know uh, at, um, basically uh, teachers for for autistic kids. So the robot is uh, is the autistic kid. So he's throwing a tantrum. <laughs> the, you know, the t the teacher needs to you know relax the robot. So this is the program that runs wow. behind the scene to simulate, you know, uh, an autistic kid, as an example. Right. So oh. that's a completely opposite end of the education factor of the robot. It's so cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the robot is a tool, and as a platform, it can do so many things. It, I always say we are limited by our imagination, not by what the platform can do. I'm excited to be around in this time of life. Like, robots are coming to us in you know all these exciting new ways and this is my favorite so far i'll tell you <laughs> i'm going <laughs> i'm going to get one <laughs> hey, hey lad what is uh you know what do you see as being kind of the next step in robotics and education when it comes to what you're doing with robot lab what's what's coming up so uh, we're not using only humanoid robots. We're using um, many other different uh, products from uh, quadcopters to rovers to, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the BB-8, the uh, Sphero one. Uh, so we're using different yes, types right. of robots. And uh, I would say the, uh, the next wave will be a more uh, like a, a specialized um, you know, tools. Mm. Uh, well, these, these are great and they are Sincerely and seriously, great tools. It, uh, yeah. They, you know, might be overkill for some tasks, for some, you know, subjects that we want to uh, to teach our kids. Uh, so there will be different robots that will be able to do different things, uh, probably better than what human and robot can do. I mean, like us. I mean, we can run up to a certain speed. For, I mean, if we need to go faster, we'll take a car. We won't, you know, improve our running capabilities to 100 miles per hour, right? Right. Uh, so these kind of things uh, we just keep seeing over and over again. Um, and this robot can't fly. And if you want to take aerial photos and want to teach, uh, you know, kids about, uh, you know, areas and range and, and so on, it's much easier to do it with a quadcopter. Uh, so, you know, this is how we are working in, in, in our company. We're trying to find the best fit, uh, you know, the best product to the best uh, subject, uh, to the subject that we want to teach. And how do you see, you know, what's the difference in the kind of quadcopters that Robot Lab is working with versus, you know, the, the kind that I fly to, to shoot my video? They're exactly the same. So they, do they have just the same kind of thing and just learning how to, it's how to same, fly yourself? Yeah. It's the same thing, but what we teach is not how to fly them. Is uh, We're using them. For example, we have um, uh, a program that uses the uh, quadcopter to teach elementary students about shapes. So we are flying that. We let the teacher fly it above the school. Yeah. Okay, they go up to the you know player and just like fly it above the schools, and they take a video of that, and then they go back to the classroom and they need to analyze um, you know what are the shapes that you know the, the school is built from. Okay, Clever. we have squares, we have triangles, we have circles, and so on. And then they go in and do the measurements. So if one edge of you know our gymnasium, as an example, yeah. okay, it's a uh, hundred foot. Okay, what's the area? Okay, and this kind of wow. Things. So you're doing so, the same. You're doing exactly the same stuff that we all learned in school. But you're just saying, "Oh, here's a way to keep the kids excited about right. it, right?" That's right. Because this is a wow. whole different that's, generation. That's the whole, it's, that's the whole thing. When when was the last time that you used, um, you know, uh, I don't know, the uh, say the Pythagorean right? Pythagorean theorem? I use that one every day. I mean, you don't need it, <laughs> but okay, if if you know, you look at your school and you actually need to paint the walls or to do something, how much paint do you need? Okay, yeah. so let's measure that. 
And it's not just like a, you know an assumption or whatever. Let's take a tool, a cool tool that really engages the student, and use that in order to help them to measure, to help them, you know, to practice the skills that we want them to to study. I wish I grew up at one of your schools, man, because I learned with a yardstick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Elad Inbar is from robotlab.com. Please check them out. And uh, Elad, it is such a pleasure having you here on the show. Thanks for bringing uh, Now and Now along with you today as well. They're super cool. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I hope uh, you enjoy this talk. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. We've got to take a really quick break. We'll be back with the news right after this. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, Because Cat5.tv slash GearBest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about uh, consumer electronics? Those make a great gift. Absolutely. From high-tech watches to action cameras, headphones, even virtual reality headsets. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has you covered. They literally have it all, Jeff. Literally. Really? It's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb. Yeah, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, What about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cat5.tv slash gearbest. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, Now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, But of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy tech5.tv slash your best. That's right. Happy shopping. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and I am Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. So nice to see you tonight, and hey, uh, lots of fun talking to a lad. I love... Did you notice the bots behind us? My son, Zach, loaned us his two robots because he knew that we were talking about robots tonight. So we thought, oh, it would be really cool if Dad were to put my robots robots on the show. So thank you to Zach for loaning us those tonight. Right. And even when he was here playing with them and he was so engaged with them, Mm -hmm. robots do something to kids and to adults that I have never seen with anything else. Like they just are so much fun. 
I think especially as you get into autonomous mm-hmm. activities, that excites me. Um, right. The robot up here, Zek can program it. Right. From the controller. So he sets a program and then he pushes play and it does all the things that he programmed it to do and he loves it. See? It's so, so cool. So he's learning at the same time. Not, yeah. So, yeah. It's, I mean, th- these are, like, we saw now and now is like cutting edge, the yeah. best. It's got that Intel processor in it, in its brains, smart stuff, fast stuff and able to do a lot of things. It's powered by Debian. Such which we love. We love this. Yeah. It's, it would be such a handy tool on so many levels. Even I was thinking homeschooling because some parents are really into homeschooling their kids. If they sure had they are. that robot to help. <laughs> they could just sit around drinking whiskey no, more. No, that is not what I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying it would, it would be helpful to keep an ongoing, because you have kids of different ages, right? Yes. So you're homeschooling, say, three kids. Mm-hmm. You can have an ongoing lesson with one child right. while you're having a breakaway lesson with the other two, right? <laughs> I like cool. it. It's like increasing your staff. And by staff, <laughs> I mean A little yourself. cute little robot. Very cool stuff. A <laughs> uh, quick update for you. Our laptop that we fixed up last week on episode number 473. Yes. Becca says it is fantastic. Super. Not only does it not overheat, but it's faster. She can watch YouTube videos and it doesn't all of a sudden... Which apparently YouTube videos would slow it down to a crawl because it makes it go hot. Right. Because I guess there's more processing power in use or something like that. So, so our little fix that took 10 minutes uh, and would take you five because you don't have to talk all about it. Um, fixed it. Made it good again. Perfect. Our Roku feed is up tonight. And that is thanks to our friends at Siglacero who have donated a virtual private server as well as this fantastic software that I found. I, ne- I, I don't know how I overlooked this. And in fact, when I was Googling for it, right. when I was Googling for the answers, I found a post by me from oh, no. 2014. Okay. About this? Talking about this program. So, <laughs> which at the, the time truth is inside you all of the time. Oh my goodness. At the time that I had made that post, which was in the Telestream forums, right? I had, I guess it wasn't evolved to the point where it was doing what I needed it to do now. So, when I was looking okay. for HLS broadcasting, we used to use Wowza, and Wowza is fantastic, but it's $2,000 US per year. Okay. Uh, then we were looking at Red 5, and Red 5 is fantastic, but it's also similarly priced. Mm-hmm. Then I found Nimble, and Nimble, don't let the name fool you, is available for free. And Beauty. Does, it does HLS. <gasps> They get away with it. I'm going to talk all about it on the show show because it's fantastic. I can't wait to tell the Wirecast community about all that it's capable of. Nimble gets away with it because they don't transcode. So they are not using any patented technology. So they don't have to charge for the software. Thank you, Nimble. All right. Thanks for your name, too. That is cool. We're going to come up with some poetry for you. Uh, So what I do is I'm streaming to it from Wirecast in RTMP, and then all it's doing is it's creating the HLS wrapper and redistributing that. It's not transcoding it. So it's still just single bit rate. It's not ABR, but it is working. (gasps) And it's free. And I love it. Free is great. I know. And it took 10 minutes to set up. Are you kidding me? No. 
and I've been working for weeks trying to get Red 5 to work for it and trying to get other things, other solutions in place that would allow us to do HLS. HLS is the technology that Roku requires in order to stream live. Right. It does not support RTMP, which is the protocol that we use. When you realized what had happened, was that like a major aha happy dance moment? When I fired or was it up that today, one of those, oh, oh I goodness. knew that? No. Okay. <laughs> no. And when I fired it up today for the first time and connected to our Siglicero server, yeah. and Dennis Kelly at home brought it up on his Roku and said, I see the newsroom, that's when I did, your happy did a dance. little, I did a little dance. Yeah. Good. That was exciting. So. Congratulations, Roku folks. You got us back. That's right. Cody is also there, and uh, apparently now... Napa Polar Bear is on Roku. Great. Uh, oh, uh, BW... Uh, oh, be with, with the age. Be with the age. Be with age. Be with age. Be with age. Says that Cody is working again. Fantastic. That's good news. I was going to say I'm not too sure about Cody because Sparkly said that they were still having trouble with it, but... It's Maybe your that's fault, a sparkly Sparkly. problem. It's that. Um, so that's good news. Uh, and I think everything's up. So that's fantastic. Way to go. Yeah, Robbie, way to go, Nimble. Uh, torrent server is also up. Torrent.category5.tv. Thank you to our many seeds that are seeding that uh, all of our first nine seasons of Category 5 Technology TV as well as New Everyday's first season. And a quick update on episode number 471, our 360 special. Yes. It's up on all platforms, but you're going to hear tonight when we get into the comments that some folks are saying, well, it looks weird on my TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because TVs ain't made for 360 video. We're talking you need the headset. Oh, okay? yeah, that's You've got to be able right. to look around. Otherwise, it just yes. looks crazy weird. Don't, a- so, don't answer that comment before we get to I it. We'll come back to that comment. <laughs> but um, what I am doing is I have loaded that into Blender. Right. So cool. I can't wait to show you this. I have placed our spherical video on a 3D sphere in Blender. Okay. Then, with the help of Nathan Salapat, our 3D guru, took a virtual camera, about this big, and put it in the center of the sphere. Okay. Then, using keyframes, I'm able to turn the camera anywhere to look anywhere in the sphere, whether it be up, down, all around, just like you would when you're watching in 360. But I'm doing that with a virtual camera. So when Sasha walks in the studio, you'll see the camera turn and film Sasha coming into the studio and then turn back on Jeff and I at the desk. Nice. That's all done virtually, and that is being recorded to disc. And it is going to be available for you on all of our streaming platforms. So if you're watching on a device that does not support 360 video, right. you're going to want to watch that version of the episode because then you're going to be able to catch everything. I've focused on everything. Even the drone flying around, you, it, the camera actually follows it. No way. And all I had to do was click on the drone and set keyframes as it moved so that the camera would actually instantly move exactly to the flow of the the drone how cool is that we're gonna come back circle back uh, in a couple of minutes so cool that's coming soon yeah should be rendered this weekend you know what else is coming soon what's coming soon halloween halloween what do you got well next week is our halloween special Ooh, we're hitting it a little early because of the way that the week falls i know but here's my thought my thought is we're 
going to be dressed up for Halloween, maybe you want to be too. Like maybe you want your Halloween costume for next Wednesday and then Hmm. you'll have it. You can do a little trial run and then you'll have it ready for Halloween. So maybe you should buy your Halloween costume on Amazon using our affiliate links. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Category5.tv. Click on support the show and our partners. Yes. And through that, uh, you know Amazon ships stuff quick. You can have it next day if you want it. Hey, you know what would be fun? Is if you guys tried to guess what we were going to do for Halloween. Just take a guess. Just take a guess. Maybe take a guess through your own Halloween costume. Try and guess what we're going to be dressed like and dress in our same theme. And then Skype us. Yes. And if if you win, I'll send you a prize. Yes. I will also send you a prize. (laughs) I just committed to it. Yeah. Wow. It's going to be big. I don't know what it is. It'll be in the It theme. might be teeny. Like, Who oh, knows? Ooh. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, Sasha, we've got to take the news. Oh, my and then goodness we've got, gracious. And then we've got viewer comments and questions. I and have to speak really fast for the news. <laughs> this is the news in Firefox. <laughs> I must have loved that segment so much because I never let the news go this late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it away. All right. It's Wednesday, October 19th, 2016. And here are the stories we're covering this week. Firefox and Chrome are constantly writing to disk, which could be shortening your SSD's lifespan. A newly discovered system D vulnerability could cause instability in Linux systems. Saya, a high school student from Japan, is computer generated, but you might not realize it to look at her. UK, UK officials plan to ram drones into passenger planes on purpose. Verizon's $4.8 billion takeover deal for Yahoo may be doomed. And a drone-related injury could cost the Cleveland Indians the World Series. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of October 19, 2016. It has been discovered that modern browsers, including Firefox and Chrome, are writing excessively to disk, even when you aren't at your computer. The problem? It's quite possibly shortening the life of your drive. 
We don't need to go into details about how magnetic hard drive works in comparison to a solid state or SSD hard drive, but instead let's focus on the simple fact that your web browser is adding unnecessary wear and tear. Firefox and Chrome have a fantastic, sometimes life-saving feature, Session Restore. The browser constantly saves the current browser state, such as how many browser windows are open, number of tabs, what URLs you are on, and the contents of each of those pages. If the browser crashes or you reboot your computer with the browser still open, it simply reloads all the content from the session the session in store as if it had nothing as if nothing had happened. Whew. The problem is that Firefox is saving the state every 15 seconds and unfortunately it's not doing so in an efficient manner. It seems to simply be saving everything each time, whether anything has changed or not, and it's saving the actual contents of the page. If you have a large page with lots of images on it, the Session Restore feature will write all of that over and over again to disk. It's even saving this information when the computer is idle. The person who discovered this left Firefox open with a few browser windows and tabs open and found Firefox writing about 10 gigabit gigabytes of data each day and it turns out Chrome is writing even more up to 20 gigabytes per day. That is an excessive amount of writes to your SSD. To be fair when the session restore feature was implemented most people were still using traditional magnetic hard drives. However now that SSD has taken over the world this clearly is a problem. While a number of users are changing the interval through the browser settings, we don't recommend this if you rely on the Session Restore feature. Instead, you can either move your browser's temporary storage to a magnetic drive, a separate, perhaps cheaper SSD that you don't mind replacing if wear and tear takes it out, or just hang tight until the browser authors come up with a better solution, such as checking if a session has changed before saving it to disk. Funny little story about this actual news story is that while I was pre-reading the news today, mm -hmm. um, I had just recently done an update to my Chrome on my okay. laptop, and Chrome shut down unexpectedly. Oh! Which was kind of ironic and awesome, because <laughs> then when I opened it again, it said, did you want to restore? And I was there like, There you go. Ah. It's like, oh. In Touché fact, news. I, yeah. One for the news. Mm. All right. Linux users are being warned about a recent, recently discovered systemd vulnerability that could shut down a system using a command short enough to send in a tweet. If left unpatched, the flaws could allow a remote attacker to crash the system or retrieve delicate information. Update your systems immediately. SSL mate founder and Linux administrator Andrew Iyer spotted the bug, which has the potential to kill a number of critical commands while making others unstable. Iyer said a vulnerability like this shouldn't be possible in such an important operating system component and wouldn't be possible if systemd were better designed. He added that there is cause for concern, especially as systemd replaces more and more components of the Linux operating system. A patch has reportedly been released on GitHub and Canonical, and Canonical announced a series of patches that can immediately be applied to Ubuntu-based distros. So that's good news. Also good news that it came out in the news so quick. So thank you. 
because now we can we can fix it good and quick. All right. Japanese high school student Saya has flawless skin, shiny hair, and her uniform is always clean. That's not surprising since her parents are computer graphics artists who work together to design their own virtual child. When Saya was first unveiled about a year ago by creators Teriyuki and Yuka Ishiwaka, she blew viewers away. She's so realistic from her perfectly crafted features and the ultra high detailed skin to the way the light catches each individual strand of hair. People were scratching their heads in amazement. This month has seen Saya get an upgrade of sorts, bringing her into the moving world. This video of Saya shown at this year's C-Tech or Combined Ex Exhibition of Advanced Technologies shows her smiling and nodding at the camera. It is said that Saya's CGI designer parents have effectively bridged the uncanny valley. The term refers to our natural sense of unease around things that are almost but not quite human-like, robots or CGI children for that matter. The parents have created a character that's both appealing and fascinating to look at. And I agree. She is incredible and has perfect hair and great posture. And when she actually does turn around at the computer or at the computer at us and um, and blinks, it's not that creepy, weird blinkiness like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm an uncanny valley victim. I find myself completely creeped out by things like <laughs> badly implemented um the cgi from when i was a kid yeah there was that one <laughs> there was it was like a christmas movie and there was a train and there were people that looked almost like oh yes you know what, those things I'm are terrible the poor animation stuff oh, oh yeah the, do you know the one i'm talking yeah, about yeah i can't the remember what one it was called. that had uh yeah, uh, Tom I, Hanks or Tom, something. Yeah, Tom Hanks, the Orient Express. Oh, yeah. Was it? Whichever one it was, it gave me nightmares. It was creepy. Yeah, the Uncanny Valley is not my friend. Not so much with, with Saya, though. Saya, looks pretty real. Yeah, I, I would be proud to call her my daughter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Except you'd be crazy. Well, she has parents, right? Parents, yeah. yeah I bet you she'll like star in movies and stuff. I wonder if, right? I because wonder... if she's a model, quite literally a 3D model, then you could just import her into movie sets and I want her to import be in video into, games and stuff. That'd be neat. Yeah, she'd be a superhero. And then she'd, I want her to do anything. I want her to age also. That'd be so much work. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. After a number of close calls in recent months, UK officials are committed to safety testing drones that share the air with passenger jets by crashing them into one another mid-flight. Committing more than £250,000 or $304,962, the Department for Transport and Civil Aviation Authority teamed with the Ministry of Defence to carry out the tests on 5,000 square miles of restricted airspace in Snowdonia, Wales. Dr. Peter Downer of the Ministry of Defense says we are conducting mid-air collision studies for the CAA to look at impact of aircraft with unmanned vehicles. There is a series of trials about the security risks and we need to continue this with a commercial study. There will be further studies of mid-air collisions of drone impact with fuselage and windows. According to the National Air Traffic Service, there are now more than 2 million drones competing for airspace in Britain.
Many more are set to come online in the coming years, and testing on empty flights is an attempt to learn more about the potential ramifications if one of Britain's reported 23 near misses over a six-month period were to actually make contact. The next web calls it a toddler mentality of ramming things together to see what happens. Hmm. Can I just say? Yes. If those are unmanned planes that they are ramming the drones into. Yes. Does that not make those unmanned planes drones? The world's biggest, most expensive drones? I guess so. Ooh. I like the idea of this only because you can only because <laughs> it's awesome because it's awesome and you can only what if so much until you actually what if do it you flew a teeny drone in a school lunchroom right yeah you have to do it to see <laughs> oh c128d is so going to comment i thank you yeah i like this i I think we should do this more. <laughs> like here. Okay. <laughs> okay. We can experiment. I got lots of drones. Yeah, so we should fly them, them into together. Things. That's yeah. our new YouTube channel. Flying drones into things. I actually think I would fail miserably at this. Do you know how hard it would be to actually hit another flying drone with your drone? I Unless think that it would was be huge. Difficult. Yeah, if it was like the size a of a plane. passenger airplane. <laughs> yeah. What if it hits the window? What if it hit Let's the... aim for the window then. Uh, that would be a really fun job to have. Okay. Just so you know, the drone would explode. The plane would probably be okay. Pretty yes. sure. Yes. Pretty sure they make those reasonably strong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Verizon in July said it would buy Yahoo for $4.83 billion and merge it with AOL. Since that time, Yahoo has faced a lot of bad press. Earlier this month, news reports said the U.S. government had Yahoo surveil user emails for intelligence information. And last month, Yahoo disclosed hackers swiped personal information associated with at least half a billion Yahoo accounts, marking the biggest data breach in history. Now, Verizon's general counsel has told some reporters, including the Washington Post, that they are leaning toward declaring Yahoo's huge data breach a material event. That likely means Verizon wouldn't have offered as much money or made a bid for Yahoo at all had it had known about the hack earlier. The Washington Post said Thursday the decision is likely to will halt the acquisition. Smart move. Verizon general General Counsel's Craig Silliman said, I think we have a reasonable basis to believe right now that the impact is material and we're looking to Yahoo to demonstrate to us the full impact if they believe that it's not. They'll need to show us that, but the process is in the works. A Verizon spokesman, when asked if a material finding kills the acquisition, said that the statement stands on its own, nothing more. I really honestly think that when I heard about this breach, I thought, is there any way they can backtrack and get out of this? I really, mm. and I guess evidently there is. If there's a material, I don't know what exactly. Sure, but like, Yahoo? Bye-bye. Yeah, your biggest asset is your users. Yeah. Mm. Which you <laughs> don't have anymore. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yikes. Goodbye. All right. Be you are the weakest link. <laughs> Yahoo. Goodbye. Off the island. Okay. 
Baseball has been played for more than 150 years, but Monday night marked a historic milestone. The first time a professional player has to leave a game due to a drone injury. Trevor Bauer, a self-described drone fanatic and one of the top pitchers for the Cleveland Indians, had to leave Game 3 of the American League Division Series just after, after just two outs and 21 pitches into the first inning. After the pinky finger on his pitching hand started bleeding profusely. Bauer cut his finger on a drone rotor last week. He was originally scheduled to start Game 2 on Saturday against the Toronto Blue Jays, but was pushed back a game in hopes that the injury would heal enough that he could play. On Sunday, Bauer brought the offending drone to a news conference in Toronto where he explained what happened, saying, So I plugged it in, like I've done thousands and thousands of times, and for whatever reason, it was just sitting like this, and I was plugging in the battery, and my finger just happened to be right here, and for whatever reason, these three propellers didn't spin like they were supposed to, and this one spun up to max throttle. It never happened to me before. I have no idea why it happened, and my finger just happened to be in the way of the prop, and it cut me. Unless he can heal quickly, his drone hobby could have a huge impact on the Indians' chances to win their first ever World Series since 1948. Though Cleveland won Monday's game, Bauer's injury will force the team to rework its already injury-depleted pitching rotation. Hmm. I am a big fan of the Toronto Blue Jays, so... So you like, cut them up with drones, those Indians. Yeah, I'm like, mm, your finger just happened to be there because <laughs> the Blue Jays deserve a First win. of all, dude, that is a homebrew, homebrew drone. So if something went wrong, probably your fault. <laughs> yeah, I, you know... You built it yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that in his press conference, the way I read it anyway, he was definitely <clears throat> blaming himself. He was definitely admitting. Yeah. I've done it thousands and thousands, and it just sure. so happened. I'm just glad to see. Before. I am glad to see that the props are actually affixed to that drone. Because as soon as I heard this story, my first thought was, why would you fire up your drone with the props on? Because at mm. least typically you would fire up a, a larger drone with the props off. Right. So the motors spin up, but there aren't any propellers on them. Right. So it wouldn't cut you. Uh, well. Maybe that's his next upgrade. Maybe this is what the Blue Jays needed because it hasn't been looking good. <laughs> well, they late. were 3-0 and uh, against the Indians, so the Indians are winning by a landslide up until the show started. Yeah. But they're playing right now, right? So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm glad that we don't find out actually while we're on air because yeah. then I'd just be like... Somebody out there probably knows the results of the game unless it's still on. Please don't tell me. Because we're live. Yeah, that's true. Big thanks this week to Albert, Albuquerque Turkey, Roy W. Nash, and Frank slash Brittany, and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a news story that you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category5 Technology TV, and Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Sasha, we've got a ton of viewer comments and questions to get through. First of all, 
Life of Pi in the chat room says, hey, Robbie, I've got a question. I've got Office Pro Plus 2010. Had it for five years, and as of today, it's asking me to change my product key. What could be up with that? First of all, okay, Life of Pi. Is it a legit copy? You bought it. You've got the actual disc. Did you buy it new or was it used? That's a key question because if it was used, it's possible that somebody maybe is also using that serial number. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is you need to call the number with the phone activation and talk to a Microsoft rep unless you can get through the automated system, which works fairly well, and do a, uh, a standard activation. Uh, like an offline activation. Right. It sometimes happens uh, also where, you know, if you've installed it in a virtual machine, system changes, there are some different things that happen to that virtual machine, and Microsoft Office Activation Wizard treats that as a new activation. You only get so many activations before it says, hey, uh, sorry, you're not allowed to activate anymore without first contacting us. And that sounds scary and it sounds spy-like, but realistically all you got to do is pick up the phone, make that call, enter your... Uh, a code that comes up on the screen and they will read a code back to you and you just type that into your computer and it reactivates the software. If you need to, you can talk to a technician at that number and, and, and this is the number that you get in that wizard, okay? I'm not saying go on to Google and search for how to call Microsoft because that's <laughs> and then a bad just let them link idea. into you. Yeah, that's that's how phishing <laughs> scams happen. <laughs> there goes your credit card and your identity. <laughs> do not do that. Don't do that. Follow the prompts on the screen in the software and it will lead the way. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. What do we got? All right. So let's talk about the 360. Sure. Show. Okay. What do we got? Um, and this is, uh, we heard from Andy. Oh, fantastic. Andy was on the show. Uh, you missed it, but uh, the interview, uh, well, we were talking on Skype. Oh, he was a Skype caller. Yeah, he called in and chatted with us. And, I did miss you. I'm sorry. And uh, oh. called in from Chesterfield in the UK. Oh, that's sad for me because I really want to know everybody's faces. And he even Mr. stayed up late just Mr. to be able to say hi to you. I have to Sasha. watch the show. It's so sad. Yeah, you're going to have to watch it in 3D and 2D. So. 360, I should say. That's Jeff's mistake. This is <laughs> this is how to um, watch it in 360, and this is how not to watch it in 360. Deal. Question. Okay. okay. I thought the aspect ratio looked a bit wrong these last two weeks. Glad yes, and still. Look at how I... I'm sorry, Sasha, but we have put on weight tonight. Oh, no. What I'm happened? I'm so sorry. It's Wirecast 7.1. It's like skewing our is camera. Is it making me bigger? I can't tell. No. No, oh. Sasha. Does this camera no. angle make me look fat? No. It does, doesn't but it? But then there's me, and it looks like... Wait, wait. So you'll be able to make <laughs> me lose weight? Like I'll look like... Well, like, we'll yeah, change we it make, later? Why couldn't Wirecast have, have that bug? Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Nobody would want it fixed if suddenly we lost 20 pounds. But no. Instead, it's got to go... No, and I do really like cheese lately. So. I really like cheese. Aww. Cheese and beer. Mm -hmm. um, carbs. Mm, I heart carbs. So, yes, you are right. <laughs> the aspect ratio is off that is season 10's issue as wirecast 7.1 has just come out we're working with them to uh to resolve that and that is a issue with um, some of the new interface well that is Here's hoping it's fixed soon okay so um doo -doo -doo. robbie you asked me to let you know what i thought of the 360 and now that i've had a chance to look at it to be honest I ready for I'm it not 
overly impressed. Not overly impressed. That's right. For a start, it doesn't work on the Samsung TV platform using the built-in YouTube app. If I watch it on there, it shows the full rectangular image with the weird distortion for the 360. Remember what I said, my man? You gotta have one of these and a phone that supports it. But it doesn't have to be exactly one of those. Well, it should be. Cat5.tv slash cardboard. Perfect. That's easy. <laughs> That's there you go. good. Okay, good. So, easy peasy. Can't watch it on it a TV. Okay. The video, again, is equirectangular. So it is... And then it wraps around your head if you have the support for it. If you don't, it puts it on a screen. And so everything is warped. Because right. you see... On the right, you see behind you. It doesn't make any sense to your to your 2D brain. Don't right, do, which don't is do why it on a TV yet. It looks Wait until the standard edition comes out. Which it's coming out. Yeah, the standard edition is going down for render uh, within the next couple of days. It'll be ready soon. So that's why it looks so crummy. I'm super sorry. So everything that you say from here on in is based on watching it in equirectangular. So do I even... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I want to hear what this guy has to say. Well, yeah, because he put a lot of care into this. Okay. Um, if I watch on there and drag around the screen with my finger because it doesn't have the accelerometer needed for the automatic panning as oh. used with the in the goggles. Okay, so he knows about the goggles. That's good. Yeah, it doesn't really work if you don't have an accelerometer because you'd have it in the goggles and you'd have to reach in through your eye socket and go like this. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> the big problem with 360 is the image quality, which is something that you touched on during the show this week. Although yeah. you uploaded it in 4K, which gives you a field of view approximating to 1080p, only users with a very fast internet connection can actually stream it from YouTube at that speed. You do definition. need a super high speed connection. Yes. Which here in Canada is not a problem. I mean, I have 230 megabit download at home. Well, where's he from? Uh, from Chesterfield. Oh, where's that? Uh, it's uh, in the UK. Oh, well, move to Canada. <laughs> That's the solution. We're just going to run a wire under the ocean for you, and it's going to connect into your hub. Although I feel like your internet costs less than ours. ours. It's possible. Yeah, pretty much. I work full-time for me. But if you can't watch 4K equirectangular video... Is it worth it? Move here. But again, the, the 720p standard edition is coming out which right. you will be able to watch in full 720p and you're going to have it's going to be like you're watching it in the 4k right if yes. that makes sense okay so okay. wait for it wait for it and i hope you'll watch again and be like whoa this is the experience i was looking for right exactly then you can see yourself okay as you know the youtube automatically sets uh, the definition for viewers at what their connection can handle. Brilliant feature. That's good. Mm -hmm. So while I can receive a normal 1080p broadcast from my connection, or my con my connection can't cope with much more than that without buffering, YouTube correctly senses this and sends me a 1080p stream. However, you said on the show with 360, I'm only looking at part of that image, and the resulting quality is something resembling what I would get from a very low quality webcam. Yep. This is the best. It actually looks worse than your season one recordings do. <laughs> wow. To be honest, I think you'd be better investing in a couple of extra normal cameras and simply cutting between them. 360 is a lot more work, as you know, and you end up with a far inferior product in the end. I don't know. It's a 
fair, it's a nice gimmick, but I really hope it doesn't catch on. In other, <laughs> other news, Sorry, dude. In other news, if you do this music video thing, which I so want to do, I can probably knock out a bit of a tune on the geekiest of all instruments, this stylophone. You have been warned. Nice. Let's actually do this video. Have you seen uh, Brett Domino's video? It was a cover of um, uh, Beauty and the Beat, Justin Bieber song, but he actually made it cool. Like the, the nerdiest video ever, and yet I think, man, if I could be that nerdy and that cool at the same time, I would own the internet. So you've got to check it out on YouTube. Out. That's a lot of fun. I want to see you play this thing. So I think even without a music video, I want to, I want to see this. So make it happen. Get her done. Uh, regarding 360 video, it's not for you if you don't have the platform to view it on. You have to have the platform. You've got to have the bandwidth. Or alternatively, you can download the 4K file, load it. Remember I mentioned the 360 viewer app mm-hmm. that you can install on your phone if it's mm-hmm. compatible? You could do it that way, and then you can watch it that way. But it's a big file. So what can There are do? ways, though. There are ways around it. But watch for that, ex- that new uh, version, and then you'll see what it should actually look like. Okay. All right. For those of you who have 360 viewing capabilities, though, I think uh, you know, the feedback has been very good. I think you'll find that. Thanks, Andy. All right, what else have you got for Okay, me? Wilhelmina Hawks. Hey, Wilhelmina. I like your name. It's very pretty. Spy Hunter just popped up on my screen and asked me if I would like them to fix my now 29 threats, but I have to register for $29.99 again, and I told you they took $39.99 out of my accounts. Um, the information was good enough for them to take the money out because I called the bank and they took the money out. Now they want more. If oh I Oh, yeah. If I keep having to dish out money like this, I would be better getting a new computer or use modem... Um, this was ref- a refurbished one that gave- my son gave me last year. I wish they- that I knew how to fix these items by myself. Mm, you know what? A lot of those kind of spy hunter type things are malware, phishing was- scams. Yeah, see, when I read this, I was like, what's spy hunter? Yeah, it's- that's like, it gets in through an infected advertisement on a website, and then it it pops up on your screen and it looks like an antivirus and it says you have threats call this number mm-hmm. and so you call the number and they say okay yeah we've confirmed that we got you know blah 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 we need to remote in we need your credit card number and you know hopefully you'll the red flags will go up even before that time reboot your computer and hopefully everything's okay best because you're on a windows computer i know you are because of the experience that you're having on a windows platform make sure you've got a good robust antivirus product i like eset smart security for home users because it has not just the anti-malware like nod32 but also has the firewall has the anti-phishing the uh all all the bonus features that uh, an anti-malware or formerly called antivirus um, doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So it will protect against the phishing scams and those kinds of things as well. You've got to be really careful. I mean, you get into Google and you just start searching. I, I had a call from someone uh, just yesterday um, and said that they were looking for a postal code. And they, they searched for it in the search engine. And the first one that they clicked on popped up and had this ad that said, call this number, you're infected, and blah, blah, blah. Same kind of thing, Wilhelmina. You've got to be very, very cautious online. I'm thankful to be on the show because it's made me suspicious of everything all the time. Mm. Um, and I feel like maybe my phone tries to trick me into things, and I just 
Your phone does. My phone does. Yeah? Yeah. But I use my phone for everything. Well, you know what? If you install some third-party apps, we, we've talked about it on the show, your smartphone may be spying on you. Right, exactly. Okay, so here's my question. That's the search on our site. Search for smartphone spying. Right, so here's my question. You install one of these three third-party apps, and then you immediately regret it. So you mm. uninstall it. Too yes. late? But what did it leave behind? Too late. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think my phone actually is and a spy. The, and we talk about it on that episode, your, your smartphone may be spying on you. And what we talk about is the fact that some of these apps that you install, it's free and cool and everything, so cool. it actually includes other things, components that install as well. So when you remove the app, it leaves those components, and those components are quite often malware. Mm-hmm. Time add, for a new phone. Add stuff. Yeah, not there gal- you go. <laughs> not a Galaxy like Note 7. Not a Galaxy Note 7. All right. <laughs> All right. So Lloyd Bain. Hey, Lloyd. Hey, how long can you maintain a drone without replacing a motor? I got myself one of the new CX-10 and bent the mm. propeller shafts. Going to try to fix it. Here, people say their drone lasted one day to six months. Okay, Lloyd. First of all, your CX-10 is very, very similar to a teeny drone, which I have in my hands here. If you have bent the propeller shaft, that is not normal wear and tear, my friend. That is a crash. Wait, the propeller... How can you not crash one? How, like, how can you... Fly outdoors when you're learning. In a wide open field where it's not going to get caught up in a tree. That that's, is not that's what how. I did. That is not That's what I how. Did. You didn't, you're not ready to fly this inside when you first start flying. So Dave's You've got a roof a six feet above your head. Dave's is in a tree. In a tree? And mine is Stay broken. away from the trees. Lloyd, see how this teeny drone has prop guards? These are propeller guards. So this helps because they actually extend beyond the the propeller. So if I hit the roof, it won't actually hit the propeller. And by hitting the propeller, you're actually hitting the shaft of the motor, which can cause damage beyond just bending it because it actually can cause the the spindle to, uh, the spinning mechanism of the, the, the shaft to be out of alignment and not work properly so then you've got one motor that's a little bit slow compared to the other three and so your drone always goes this way no matter Mm. what you try so the trick is don't crash it you're going to need to replace the motor in there i would probably replace all four motors uh, and that's something that is easily done by disassembling get a crash kit and re-solder the uh the motors onto the board and it's about 20 25 bucks to get a a crash kit mine's going to be an easy fix like i'll be able to actually fix mine with a repair kit so yeah like, Good. I'm just waiting for the moment to do that. That's, that's the key thing. Mm-hmm. Don't crash it so hard, my man. Oopsies. Okay. And, and keep a couple spares. <laughs> just in case. I, all right. We still have time, right? I have time. Okay. For you. Yersen? Yersen? Olivieris? Yersen. Olivares. We'll say Olivares. Olivares. Sounds like a pasta commercial. Mm. Mm. Was watching her video on how to set up Plex on a Raspberry Pi and says, Oh, cool. Hi, when I try to install Plex, sudo apt-get install slash t, jesse plex media You're asking server. Me? Oh, yes. The yes, step that, to actually install t? it with apt-get. Yeah. yeah dash, okay. dash t. Dash t. Okay. Yeah. That was my question, mm-hmm. mostly. The terminal says that the package cannot be found. What up? What do I do? What do I do when the package can't be found? Okay, yeah. first of all, easiest thing for you to do, of course, you can rewatch the video if you like, but uh, we can also head on over to my blog. Let's bring it up. Bald 
nerd.com. If you forget my website address, just look at my face. And uh, that'll take you to my blog. Okay. Oh. Scroll down a ways. You can search for Pi. Right now, it's still fairly recent. So, Or, yeah, Plex Media Server on Raspberry Pi. You can search for that on my site. Click on it. There's the video. And there is a helpful step-by-step. -step. So you got to uh, installing Plex Media Server. So you got to step number seven. So it's helpful to see it in text form, I think, because what I think you've done is you've forgotten to add the, um, the Debian repository. So you've missed probably step three, step four, step five, and or step six and have gone right to sudo apt-get install-tjesseplexmediaserver. Because if you have done all these other ones, four, uh, pardon me, three, four, five, and six, those are the steps that you need to do first so that your computer knows where to find in the repositories Plex Media Server. If you haven't done those steps, it won't be able to find it. And if you did those steps and they failed, you would have gotten an error, and that's what you would have been emailing me about. So I know that you've missed something there. Go to baldnerd.com, search for... Plex Media Server. You know what's funny is I just got this visual image like as though this is like Ikea furniture and you've put together this desk but you have all these extra parts in your hands like oh they sent me extra parts. No you just didn't put those parts <laughs> and in. And then the desk falls. <laughs> why is my desk Collapses. falling? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> why the crooked? Fall steps. Why is my drone always flying sideways after I hit a wall? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> these are obvious questions folks. I love it. Because mm. they're real Sasha questions. Like, oh, okay. It's not that they're like... That's what we're going to call them from now on. I'm these not making Sasha fun of you. Questions. I'm telling you, these thoughts are my thoughts a lot of times. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought that this drone flying would be easier. <laughs> my drone keeps hitting the wall. <laughs> so Christabel Ortiz says following hey. last week's show, and this is, I love this, because it says, she owned you. Ha ha ha, well said, but... What's the context? Oh, I don't know. This is know. after last week's show, so I'm guessing either you or Kelsey owned me. Yeah, I feel like it was probably Kelsey. Kelsey owned you. I feel like it was kind of probably Sasha making fun of me for saying Tuesday. That's my guess. When else in the entire show was I owned? Well, I would like to know, Christabel. Well. In what way was I owned? <laughs> you, do say, you do say Tuesday a lot, eh? Sometimes. Yeah. I have been saying it every Tuesday for the past 470 And you've been saying weeks. it every Wednesday for the past three I'm weeks I'm trying, well. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> no, actually, you didn't do it today. I, I don't know how you do it. You are so out of order, and yet you are hitting all of these. Have we got more? Oh, yeah. I was avoiding the ones that were really nice about me. I don't know. Oh, really? So oh, well, weird. are there nice ones about you? Yeah, well, yeah, but I just she feel She owned weird. you. Uh, no, that Brit wasn't. <laughs> Brittany Marie says, yes, I want one of those all Sasha all the time t-shirts that you proposed for sure. By the way, I agree that Sasha deserves a much tighter shot during the news. The new virtual set is really cool, but hey, it's Sasha season 10 rocks on Wednesdays. Thanks, Brittany Marie. And yeah, the newsroom set is awesome, and we're working on it. Uh, Wirecast 7 is a completely different interface, and I'm learning how to work, and it's different. And um, I will tighten things up. And uh, FH Tommy agrees and says, please zoom in closer on the host in the newsroom. He means Sasha. <laughs> Sasha is so small on the screen. I love this show. Thanks for all that you do. 
Thank you, okay. F.H. Tommy. So here's the thing, They're though. Like, we just want to see F-H-Tommy. Sasha's face. Okay, here's the thing. It turns out that Wirecast makes you gain 55 pounds or something, Robbie I know. said. I don't know. <laughs> 50, I don't it keeps know. going up and up and up. <laughs> so I am basically 700 pounds by now so, after an hour. Small on the camera, I guess, is not that bad for me. Maybe. Zooming they, out is a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. That's the I show. I adore you guys. Thank you so much for your comments. They adore Please you. I adore everyone who is watching tonight. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you comment below if you have questions for our guest tonight, Elad. Uh, Elad, I keep miss saying the name. It's a tough one to get into my head. Uh, if you have questions for him, make sure you post those below as well, or send us an email What's live at Category the robot's name? What's the robot's name? Now. N-A-O. Now. Mm-hmm. I want one. Now. I want seven. They can interact with one another through Wi-Fi. They communicate. And then they ro- vocalize <gasps> things in order to, for the human friends. Jeff is going to watch this episode later, and he's just going to be pulling his hair out. I know. He's going to look guy. like you by the next time we see him. Well, folks, next week is our Halloween special, so we will be dressed up. I hope you will be, too. Skype in, say hi, and uh, we're going to have a prize for the best dressed. Yes. It might be you. It might be you. So we'll see you next Tuesday night. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Oh. What? Next Wednesday night. (gasps) (laughs) I didn't catch it. I did it again. No. I owned myself. Yes. (sighs) Goodbye. I love it. Good riddance. Really, truthfully. Dress up next week and send me pictures of yourself because if you figure it out, if you figure out our theme, we're pretty, I mean, I would say.